Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us. Um, how many in the house, you just love your church? I, I, I just love our church, and there's something significant about um, how much you love something. Uh, when, when you're not there all the time, you really miss your home church. And uh, in this new season that Kelly and I are in, we travel quite a bit, and um, we're not often able to come and worship with you. So this is very special for me today. I want to give some love to Pastor Jordan and Amanda, our kids who have taken the baton of CFC and are taking it places that Kelly and I only dreamed of CFC going. Can we put our hands together and just say, Pastor Amanda, we love you, and tell the tall guy that we love him too. Um, My wife, Kelly, is uh, one of our positions and roles here in Idaho is that we are the Community Relations Director at Lifeline Pregnancy Care Center. How many say that's a cool thing? And she is representing Lifeline at Deer Flat Church today. And I believe she's going to be joining us maybe midway through the second service. But I felt a, a very strong prompting of the Holy Spirit to, before I jump into the Word of God, just to have just a very short moment of prayer. And I'm going to give you some names, and I'm going to ask you to pray. How many recognize prayer coupled with faith moves the hand of God? And I want you to pray for Debbie. I want you to pray for Debbie. I want you to pray for Rhonda. I want you to pray for Guy. These are three of my dearest friends, significant people in my life. But I know that you have some people in your life, some loved ones, that you are interceding for. And why don't you just whisper their name? The Holy Spirit knows them. Just whisper the name that we're going to pray for today. Okay, let's stretch our hands to to heaven and let's pray. Father, I just, I've learned a couple of things, (laughs) 41 years of walking with you, and that is to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And Lord, more important than a message is uh, just being obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we know that you honor prayer. Where two or three are gathered in your name, you're there in the midst. It's a few more than two or three. Few more than two or three gathered in your name watching online or online family. And Father, we thank you that the Bible says that uh, signs shall follow those that believe, they'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. We thank you for your deliverance, your salvation, your redemption. Lord, you're also our healer. So God, we lift up each and every precious person that was just whispered or mentioned today. And Father, I know many of them are in different cities, states, some in hospitals, and we're grateful that when we can't be there, we know you are there. So we speak life, we speak healing and victory over these beautiful people, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Would you put your hands together, and let's just thank the Lord prophetically that He is a God that honors and answers prayer. 
um, I had a, a sermon in my, in my heart that actually I believe is being preached on all the campuses today. And then Friday, Friday at, um, well, actually Saturday at about um, 2 a.m., the Holy Spirit woke me up. And how many recognize when you wake up at 2 a.m., you pray it's the Holy Spirit waking you up? Yeah, especially the older I get. <laughs> and uh, the Lord just said one word to me, nevertheless. So I put together a message that's being preached exclusively on this campus today. And I pray it's something that will meet you right where you are and will inspire you to the place that you will not stay where you are. Today I want to talk to you about the most powerful word found in Scripture. And the theme that God gave Pastor Jordan and Pastor Amanda for 2022 is stronger. On the count of three, let's scream stronger. One, two, three. Stronger. The word that I want to talk to you about will help you to become stronger in 2022. It's a word so strong, so powerful, that it literally defeated all of hell and its strategies. One word that changed everything. One word that shook hell to its core. If not for this one word, you and I would be damned for eternity. Of the 31,102 verses in the Word of God, this, in my opinion, is the most important word in all of Scripture. Would you please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26? Matthew chapter 26. And I want to begin reading in verse 36. And you'll notice in the heading over this verse in my Bible is it's simply called the prayer in the garden. The Bible says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Now this is the Lord of glory. This is the Messiah. This is God in the flesh, the Redeemer, the Deliverer, the Savior. The Bible says that he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And then he said to them, verse 38, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little farther, and there's a great key and secret to success in life and in the Spirit I mean, recognize in 2022, God wants us to go just a little bit farther. Let me try this side. God wants us to go a little bit farther. Can you say amen? Jesus went a little bit farther, the Bible says. 
and he fell down on his face and he prayed. Listen to the prayer that was uttered through the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus prayed, and I quote, O my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. What does your Bible say next? Nevertheless. O my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Another translation says, not my will, but your will be done. Can you see the significance of this one word, 31,102 verses in the Bible? I believe the word nevertheless is the most important word in all of Scripture because if there was not a nevertheless, you and I would be lost. But how many are grateful there was a nevertheless? 2022, Pastor Jordan, Pastor Amanda spoke a word over our church, our lives, individually, stronger. You will only be stronger if you champion the word nevertheless and the principle on the other side of that word, not my will, but your will be done. Can you say amen? Nevertheless. Not as I will, but as you will. Verse 40. Let's keep reading. How many love the Word of God? Bothers me when I see preachers just, you know, a few words and everything else is commentary. How many recognize we need the Bible? We need the Word of the living God. So let's let's just keep reading. Let's just keep reading. Uh, Nevertheless, not my will, but as you will. Then he came to his disciples and found them praying and calling out on the name of... Wait, wait, wait. No, he found them sleeping. He said to Peter, remember Peter, James, and John, he said to Pete, what, could you not watch with me an hour? He said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. How many recognize that is true? Verse 42 Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my, my. How many recognize he is the heavenly father, but he desires to be your heavenly father? My, I like this personal. Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came again and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. As a 62-year-old man, so old I got one foot in the grave, how many understands when your eyes get heavy? (laughs) For their eyes were heavy. So he left them again and went away 
and prayed the third time, saying the same words. It's not the length of prayer. It's the priority of prayer. The scribes and Pharisees were criticized by the Lord because they stood on the street corners in their holy garb with with bells, and they prayed these long, eloquent prayers. So it's not the length of prayers that attracts the attention of God. It's the depth of the cry of your heart. He prayed once. He prayed twice. And the third time, the Bible just tells us, saying the same words. Can we read them again? He said in verse 39, Oh, my Father, my Father, if it is possible, if there's any other way, if man could be good enough, if you could give enough money, if you could champion enough leadership positions, How many recognize there's only one way to redemption, and that's through the Redeemer? If there were any other way, Father, my Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. And then the second time, verse 42, Oh, my Father, If this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, unless I drink it, your your will be done. The Bible says in verse 45, and then he came to his disciples, Peter, James, and John. He came to his disciples, and he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Behold the hour. Would you circle or underline that word? Behold the hour is at hand. The hour is at hand. How many recognize hours later, he would be betrayed and arrested in the same garden? It's interesting to me. Man sinned in a garden, the Garden of Eden. And yet the redemptive plan of God began in another garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. How many recognize God will always have His way? So the Bible says, are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour, the hour, the hour, the hour is at hand. The hour is at hand. How many recognize the Lord knew what was going to happen the next hour, the next hour, the next hour? Nothing caught him by surprise. He said, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. He said, rise up and be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Today I want to take an in-depth look through the lens of this word, nevertheless, in the life of Christ. And secondly, this tremendous word, nevertheless, through the lens of Christians. How many in the house are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
to be a Christian is to be Christ-like. And I understand we've not arrived. How many of the Holy Spirit still got some arenas, working on some arenas inside of your heart that no one else can see? (laughs) With the exception of that thing, gravity, all my hands and both feet would have been up there. Father, would you take the next few moments, and uh, I ask that your anointing would be strong. Father, I pray that you'd anoint Kelly today as she ministers on behalf of babies to a powerful church. And uh, Father, I thank you that every single one of our hearts are prepared. And there's not one of us here by accident. I know that there are people that are going to receive this word. They're going to leave changed. Hope and help is on the way through the word. Father, we pray over Pastor Jordan, Pastor Israel, um, Pastor Paul, as this transition takes place in Caldwell, we thank you for that. What a wise decision. Thank you for making your will known. We speak blessings over that in Jesus' name. Amen. Nevertheless, I want to look at the nevertheless, first of all, of Christ. If I could, I'd like to direct your attention one more time to verse 36 through 39. The Bible says, and he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. He said, stay here and watch with me. And he went a little farther, and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it is possible, if there is any other way, if it is possible, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. I just have a personal thing regarding when I read the Word of God. I I don't want to just go through the Bible. I want the Bible to go through me. And to do that, I try to put my, myself there. So imagine sandals on your feet, and you're in the Garden of Gethsemane with the five. How many recognize we've got Peter, James, and John? we got Jesus, but the Holy Ghost was all over that place. So imagine yourself there. The one who for three Or three and a half years, you watched him open blind eyes. You watched him walk on water. You watched him feed the five to 20,000 people with a couple of tuna fish sandwiches. You watched him heal the lame man, his arm, in the presence of a church service in the temple when you weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath. And yet Jesus said, my will is more important than man's tradition. And he said, stretch out your hand. Boom. I mean, this Savior, you've walked with him. You've talked with him. You see him in agony. Crying out to God, his Father. I can imagine demons dancing around him in all of his agony. He knew what was coming. The hour is coming. Tick, tick, tick. I can see the plan of hell. It's coming. We're about to arrest him. Tick, tick, tick.
sick. I can imagine Jesus. How many recognize, how many recognize Jesus knew everything that was going to happen that night and the next day? If you believe that, let me see your hands. He knew everything. Nothing caught him by surprise. Nothing, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. No. He knew what was in that cup. Imagine my Savior, your Savior. I can imagine the mind-torturing mental images ripping at the edges of his soul. Oh, my Father, if there's any other way. The next few hours, horrific, beyond imagination, lie in his path. He knew that in a matter of minutes, in the natural, it's going to look like hell has won. With every tick of the clock, his brutal death approaches. Tick. 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 Jesus knows that in minutes, he's going to drink the cup. Oh, is in that cup? I'm so glad some of you were asking that in your heart. In that cup, filled to the brim with every hideous sin ever committed. Throughout the ages, every sin, every abuse, every neglect, you think in your mind the most notorious, horrible people who have ever lived. Everything they've ever done in that cup filled to the brim. Tick. Tick. Tick, my father. He knows in minutes he's going to drink of the cup. I can almost hear hell screaming. Would you die for the worst of humanity? Would you give your sinless body and life to redeem the worst of the worst? Jesus, the hour has come. Tick, tick, tick. Would you give your holy, sinless life for the scum of the earth? I pray that you see the depth of the love of God for you today. The cup filled with my darkest of deeds. The cup filled with my, my arrogance, my pride, my failures, and my sin. You praise again. The hour has come. Tick, tick, tick. He knew everything that was going to happen. He knew that he was going to be betrayed by one of his friends. Don't raise your hand, but how many have been betrayed? Don't raise your hands. All of us have. And yet, 
when Judas betrayed him, brought all the soldiers and guards with spears, swords, kissed him on the cheek. How many know to kiss somebody on the cheek, you've got to be close? And yet, what did Jesus say to Judas? He called him friend. And then we have Peter. How did Peter react in the Garden of Gethsemane? Remember he took out his sword and he chopped off uh, one of the servant's ears, I believe Malchus's ear. And what did Jesus do? He picks up the boy's ear and puts it back on his head in the midst of them all. In the midst of the tick, 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 he called his betrayer friend and he put Malchus's ear back on the boy's head. Who was the greater friend in the Garden of Gethsemane that day? Was it Judas? Or was it Peter? I suggest to you it was Judas. It was Judas that launched the plan of redemption into reality, and it was Peter that tried to stop the plan, God's plan of redemption. The hour has come. The hour has come. Tick. Tick. Have you ever had a situation that you knew you had to deal with it in, in two weeks, but it was not just a little band-aid. It was a big situation. You can raise your hands now. All of us have. You know that anguish that, oh, man, I don't sleep good. I'm not eating well. Dear Lord, can you imagine? He said, he, Jesus even set it up. He said, my soul is weary even unto death. He knew that he was hours away from the cross. Tick, tick, tick. He knew that there was going to be false accusations. He knew he was going to be arrested. He knew that they were going to strip him naked and tie him to a whipping pole. He knew that he was going to be beaten 40 minus 1 times with a cat of nine tails. Tick, tick, tick. He knew that they were going to rip out his beard. He knew that they were going to spit in his face. He knew that they were going to nail his hands and his feet to the cross. It was moments away. Tick, tick, Father. Oh, my Father, if there's any other way, please take this cup from me. Nevertheless, how many are grateful for nevertheless? Can you just scream an amen? I'll, as a matter of fact, let's put our hands together and say thank you, Lord, for nevertheless. Would you please turn your Bibles to Luke, Luke chapter 22, Luke chapter 22. 
Luke chapter 22. This is so powerful. Luke chapter 22. I'd like to begin reading in verse 39. The Bible says, And coming out, he went into the Mount of Olives, and he was... Now, this is prayer in the garden. He went out of the Mount of Olives. As he was accustomed, as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. Verse 40. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone throw. And he knelt down and he prayed, saying, verse 42, Father, if it is your will, take this cup. Take this cup away from me. What does your Bible say? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. You're going to read about a powerful transition. Listen to what the Bible says. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony... He prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of, what does your Bible say, blood falling on the ground. In the book of Luke, the Bible says there's a transition. We read in Matthew that my hour is at hand. Tick. Tick, tick. Father, is there any other way? But there's a transition. The tick, tick, tick has now become drop, drop, drop. I can just imagine my Savior, your Savior, kneeling on a rock, praying, Father, if there's any other way. And the Bible said, an angel descended and strengthened him. And he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became as great drops of blood. Dripping, dripping from every pore in his body. He was in such turmoil, such anguish, recognizing the redemptive plan of God is happening. Now let me say something. I don't want anyone to get messed up with this. It was not the blood that dripped from the pores of the Lord in the garden of Gethsemane that redeems our soul and makes us clean. It was the precious blood of the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world, the blood that was shed on the cross 2,000 years ago that brings forgiveness, redemption, and freedom. Can you scream amen? Friends, if the cup passes from the lips of Jesus... It will pass to ours. If the cup passed from the Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane, it would have passed to us. And we would have drank of our sin and we would have incurred the judgment of God. But how many are grateful for the grace of God? I am so grateful for the nevertheless. Jesus knows what lies ahead. Drop, 
drop, drop, and he lifts his eyes toward his father, toward our father, above the filth, above the blood-splattered rock, and he prays. He says this one word that saves humanity and decimates hell. Nevertheless. Shout with me, nevertheless, on the count of three. One, two, three. Nevertheless. Come on, one more time like you mean it. One, two, three. Despite all rational arguments for life, Jesus chose the cross. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a a lamb, like a lamb to the slaughter. And like a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. As he considered this, this is Joseph, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Can you say amen? John chapter 1, verse 29. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. Behold the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. I am so, from the foundation of the world, I am so grateful before there was sin, before there was a sinner, there was a Savior. I'm grateful that before there was guilt, there was grace. Can you say amen? You see, I, I, I was on my way to hell. Nevertheless, Jesus, he reached down and he saved me. I was lost and I was confused. Nevertheless, the Son of God came and He found me. I was spiritually lost, blind, and naked. Nevertheless, Jesus opened my eyes and He clothed me with His righteousness. How many love Jesus today? Can you say amen? Amen. Nevertheless, the nevertheless of Christ. Finally, I want to talk to you about the nevertheless of the Christian I want to talk about you for a moment. I want to talk about me for a moment. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, I, I really like First and Second Timothy. It's the Apostle Paul addressing his spiritual son, who is much younger than Paul. <laughs> I see it's one of the um, chapters in the Bible, or rather books in the Bible, First and Second Timothy that Pastor Jordan and I really navigated and spent a lot of time in regarding succession. And I'm not saying that I'm an Apostle Paul or Pastor Jordan is a Timothy, but I'm just saying there are principles that are relatable and transferable. And one of the things I really like, um, I really like about Paul and Timothy is that Timothy is a young preacher, but he has a tremendous heritage. And it is estimated that Timothy was pastoring a church 
of 10,000 people. I want you to remember that number. I'm not going to tell you why. Just remember that number. There's nothing wrong with a small church. There's nothing wrong with a medium-sized church. And there's nothing wrong with a large church as long as Jesus is in the center. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, in the amplified version, the first word the apostle says is nevertheless. The firm foundation of God which he has laid stands sure and unshaken despite attacks. Can you say amen? I love this. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands sure and unshaken despite attacks. The sure, firm foundation stands strong. I used to be a construction guy. How many construction people do we have in the house? God bless you, hard workers. What I know to be true is the importance of a foundation. That's why so much, you may not know, as an old concrete guy, you may not know this, but it takes a lot of time to properly place a foundation under whatever is being built. And it's kind of, loveless work it's not like the house and the landscape that has that curbside appeal you drive by and go wow that's a beautiful house can I tell you from a construction background that what is not seen is the most important thing to be seen and that is the foundation if not for the foundation, that big, beautiful house is going to fall over, it's going to crack, and it's going to fall to the ground. The Bible says, not, nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands. Century after century, world leaders, have tried to destroy the foundation of God, but how many recognize they haven't, they will not, they never will, because nevertheless, the sure foundation of God stands. Can you say amen? Can I say we're only as good as our foundation? The foundation is what you build your house on. The foundation is what you build your life on. So how's the foundation of your marriage? Ooh, pastor, now you're meddling. How's the foundation of your faith, of your courage? How's the foundation of 2022 and beyond? Somebody needs to claim this today. It may not look good now, but nevertheless, I'm coming out of this mess. Nevertheless, I'm coming out of this trial, out of this season, out of this hard time in my life. Why? Because I'm strong? No, because He's strong and the foundation of God stands. And He is who I am building my life, my marriage, my ministry, everything in my life on. It's not Monty, it's Jesus.
in a world of declining and closing churches in America. Did you know that on average 4,000 churches in America close every year? 4,000 every year. Do you know that in the Assemblies of God, I'm the assistant superintendent here. I'm also one of 12 people that has been tasked to, to be a visionary for our general superintendent, Doug Clay, and his executive team to lead the Assemblies of God forward into the future. What are the Assemblies of God going to look like three, five, 10, 20 years from now? Do you know that in 2020, 42% of our Assemblies of God churches reported zero conversions? Do you know that in America, we're closing more churches that are being started? It's such a hostile culture toward Christ and His church today in America. Nevertheless, Jesus is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Can you scream amen? Amen. Nevertheless, there is a church in Nampa, in Caldwell, in Boise, in Oroville, in Espanol, in English, and in Slavic that is reaching people for the glory of God every single week. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, in the midst of battles and bills, trials and tribulations, nevertheless, God is going to have his way. In the midst of trouble and calamity, nevertheless, in the midst of persecution, hunger and danger, nevertheless, can I leave you with the scripture? In the midst of, and you fill in the blank in your context, Romans chapter 8, verse 35 through 39 still stands. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No. (laughs) Can I insert a word? Nevertheless. Despite all these things, the overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears of today nor worries of tomorrow. Even, not even when the powers of, not even, excuse me, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. 2022. One of the cornerstones to become stronger is in the surrendering of your will for His God blesses a Christian who goes through life not like this, but like this. Father, 
my Father. If there's any other way, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Dear ones, everything you aspire to be, everything you aspire to become, everything you aspire to achieve is found on the other side of not giving up. Nevertheless, will you bow your heads before the Lord? Father, I come to you in Jesus' name, and I thank you for your word. Just the visual of that cross, the crown of thorns, humbles me to the core. You would die for somebody like me. Think of the Apostle Paul. He called himself the chief of sinners. Lord, we've talked about your surrendering your will to the will of God, to taking that cup and drinking it, filled to the brim with our filthiness. And Lord, you drank that cup and everything in it. And you died, you were buried, you rose on the third day. And we worship not a dead Savior. We worship a Savior that is alive, who ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, who forever lives to make intercession for us. To be a Christian is to be Christ-like. And I pray, Father, over every single person here, our online family, that this would be a moment of surrendering our will, saying, Lord, I had some direction. Nevertheless, I'm going to surrender it to you because I desire your direction. I'm going to let go of every arena of my life, and I'm going to surrender it to you. Some of you with addiction, freedom comes. I've, I've surrendered it, Pastor Monty. Well, could it be that you surrender it just one more time? That was my story. One more time, and God set me free. Could you look my way just for a moment? And I wish Pastor Jordan was here to hear this. Pastor Jordan's going to have my Bible one day. It's my prized possession. There's nothing that I treasure more than this Bible. I've had it for about 15 years. And I, I usually just preach from it. And he'll see his name written all over my, my Bible. But uh, I, I, I wrote in my Bible the day that you and your husband, this was many years ago, that you surrendered cigarettes to the Lord and he set you and pastored, well then, Jordan free. You see, sometimes freedom comes with surrendering it one more time. I believe there are people here who need a nevertheless. I believe there's people watching. You need a nevertheless. And if that's you, you can be looking around. That's fine. Can I see your hands all over the building? Say, Pastor, I, I just need a nevertheless. Nevertheless. Okay. Pastor, I, I, Pastor Monty. Pastor Jordan is pastor. Pastor Monty. I, I, I'm, I'm going to surrender everything in my life. My failures, my pain, my hurt the good things in my life, I'm going to surrender it to the will of God. Let me see your hands all over the building. It's a holy moment. I really sense the presence of the Lord here. It's real hard for me to preach because I sense the presence of the Lord so strong. Okay. Uh, Pastor Ryan is going to lead us in a worship song in just a moment. But right now, I, I, I want you to put your life, just put your hands out like this. And I want you to put your tribulation, your trouble, your trial, your battles, your bills, your fears, your insecurities. I just want you to open your hands and put, put those things. And, and just say, Lord, um, this, this represents my struggles. And for some, this represents my victories. And Lord, I want to pray like you prayed.
Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you, Heavenly Father, desire, what your will is for my life. So I surrender that to you. Some of you with addictions, I want you to surrender. I surrender addiction. I surrender bondage to you. I lay it at the nail fierce pierce feet of the Lord at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm going to lay it down and Father as people do I pray that there would just be a shift in their spirit through the Holy Spirit that they would sense freedom I know that some you're feeling a peace right now a weight lifting off of you that's the Holy Spirit that's God accepting what you surrender at his feet God already put it in the cup that Jesus drank for So, God, as we surrender ours, we pick up your will, your ways, your foundation for our lives. And maybe there's somebody here, friends, you don't know Jesus in a personal way. I would ask you, pray in your heart right now. Maybe you're watching right now online. Just ask Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior and the Lord of my life. I confess my sin and I repent of my sin. Forgive me. Wash me in your blood and make me new. I invite you to come into my heart and be my Savior and my Lord. And I surrender my life to you. And I pick up the life that you died that I might live. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, dear ones. We're going to worship uh, one more song. And as you worship, may the worship come from your spirit, your heart to God. And some of you still need to surrender something. And some of you, as you worship, let's just celebrate what God has taken that we have surrendered. God bless you. We love you so very much. Go in peace after this. Come on, just stand with us. We're going to sing this last chorus together. Father, you are faithful. And faithful you are. Faithful forever you will be.
resources, tools, pray for you. We have a Bible for you. We have a following Jesus book that can help you to not just live out the the life that we have as Christians just on a Sunday, but through day to day, right? So make sure you stop by, say hello. There's beautiful people back there that would love to pray for you, give you all those free resources. So again, we'll see you next week. We're going to continue our stronger series with Dr. Jeffrey Portman. You're not going to want to miss it. So I'll see you next week, friends. Go in God.